How's it going, everybody, and welcome to episode 114 of Master My Garden Podcast. Now, this week's episode is covering a topic a little bit like perennial veg a couple of weeks ago, covering a topic that I have no personal experience in, but I'm very interested in, and it's covering the topic of microgreens. And to cover the topic, I'm bringing on fellow podcaster Brian Faulkner, and he runs uh, his own podcast all about microgreens and about developing a business uh, growing microgreens. So whether that's a small, you know, sort of uh, one room, one room uh, microgreen industry or whether you want to become a microgreen grower servicing markets and so on. Brian's podcast sort of covers this. So he grows them himself uh sells all the equipment required to do it. So, yeah, I thought Brian would be a good, great man to come on. So, Brian, you're very, very welcome to Master My Garden Podcast. Hey, John. Thanks a million for, for having me on. Thanks for the intro there. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah it's good, good to have uh, a fellow podcaster on and uh, your own podcast, the Mitre, Microgreen Entrepreneur Podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's r- running for a few years, uh, 77 episodes in, and uh, a new season starting soon. So, you might tell us a little bit about that first. Yeah, I'm I'm making new episodes for it right now, so... There, yeah, there's 77 episodes there at the moment. I, I started the podcast back in, back in, I think it was March 2020. I think it was, it was March, March, April or May, somewhere around that. I'll have to check. Yeah. But, about uh, the same time as me then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think it was kind of at the start of all the restrictions, really. So yeah. like, you had more time on your hands. And I kind of started it because, so like you said there, I, I have a microgreens business myself where I sell grow and sell microgreens to restaurants and shops and in a few other outlets we can talk about that later if you want yeah but um so so when i started and i started learning about how to do it and how to grow how to sell all of that like um i i love podcasts so i anything that i kind of learn i learn it from listening to podcasts or audio books you know i love i love just the, the passiveness of of that you know you can yeah. you can be doing something else and learning and getting some information while you're doing it so anyway to make a long story short i when i first started discovering microgreens learning about them i went looking for a podcast about it and there was none there so right. there was one there was one that was like it was a couple of excerpts of you know they were like two hours long there was only a few of them and it was it was very um it wasn't a proper podcast um so that I noticed that when it was that wasn't there when I started looking for the information, yeah. and then you know I got into it myself. I started learning as I went and learning from YouTube and other people and stuff like that. And then I think I think just when yeah when I had that bit more time on my hands when the 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 lockdown happened, I I searched back and there was still no podcast about it. So I just thought I'd give it a go. <laughs> and and it's going that's that's really how it came about anyway and it's going yeah it's going okay and, anyway and from a podcast perspective like i get asked all the time how do you how do you come up with a different topic every week and to be quite honest with you when you're talking about gardening like it's not hard to come up with a with a new topic every week i'd say you could do it an episode a day for 10 years and still not run out of topics just because gardening is such a broad yeah a broad topic but microgreens is quite a is quite a niche and a narrow topic, and yet still you have seventy-seven episodes. Do you find it hard to come up with kind of new angles or or new topics, or yeah, how are you finding a, a, that? Yeah, a little bit. So I, I'm definitely jealous of 
of of your um, genre, like it's much more broad, and you, like you said, yeah. there's there's a lot more things you can talk about. Um, so uh, one thing is that I I try and focus on one little thing. So there's you know like even with something as specific as microgreens, there's there's so many different little parts to it that you can just pick out one specific thing and focus on that. And okay. there is, if you get down to it, there is many. And then I, I have um I have a good bit of knowledge about growing, growing things in general because I my background is as a greenkeeper. I have a degree in horticulture, and I okay. I was a greenkeeper for close to I think it was eighteen years. And so I have a good knowledge in growing things. So I have, I have, a, I have an okay bit to to share on it. But but definitely sometimes um sometimes finding thinking of something to. To, to do is hard and but that's really it's really all about planning though you know like yeah. if you can sit down and spend a while thinking about things plan out what yeah there's always something that'll come there's to always mind something like for for this next um round of episodes i have i think i've 24 topics written down now so, so i'm better i'm better planned now whereas at the start it was really like there wasn't much planning in making the podcast to be honest it was just something <laughs> i decided to do and i did it and i kept it up yeah but, yeah, um, I suppose that's the that's the thing at the start. Just get going, and then you can it, yeah. you can tweak it as you go along. And uh, yeah, like it's I suppose even from from your perspective, as you as you learn more things, then there and like there's an en, an an endless amount of angles and oh. ways of doing things. So I suppose as you learn, you'll be able to talk about it on the podcast. So well, it's, that's it. Like even I think it was the in, the introductory episode. I said you know the aim of the podcast was to to share. But I already know, and then also to keep learning myself um, by yeah. by maybe talking to other people, other business owners. I you know I speak to some people who sell the equipment, sell the seeds, and uh, you know it's hard. To, I I do I do interviews with people as well, and some of the people oh, I interview yeah. are running huge businesses like, that have um, you know big machines, are big harvesters, and you know are doing yeah. doing this in in America like in with multiple polytunnels and so so there's a lot to learn on it and there's a lot yeah, there's a lot sure. of different ways of doing one thing so um okay yeah so i suppose to, to get into it and every episode of of uh, master my garden podcast i try to have something that the listeners can take away and use at home so for me which is good for this episode i have never grown microgreens uh know a little bit about them kind of understand roughly how to go about it but um for people who are growing them at home uh, on a on a small scale for for personal use, um, maybe we'll talk about firstly what microgreens are, how we grow them, uh, what types there are, and you know go through the basics so that somebody can after this episode say right, I'm going to give it a go, and here's what I need to do. Definitely, yeah, yeah, and I I can be sure that people can go and will be able to go and and grow them for themselves after this because at heart they're they're not that they're not hard to grow. So what yeah. they are is microgreens. They're they're vegetables and herbs. So they're immature, um, immature plants of vegetable and herbs. So seedlings basically. So vegetables and herbs that are grown to, you know, their first two the two cotyledon leaves or their first set of true leaves. That would be the the main definition of them. Some people would say it has to be their first set of true leaves. And some people would say just the cotyledons, but it's kind of, it's the mixture of the two really. So I would grow some of them 
to just their coat leading leaves and then some of them yeah. to their first true leaves. So that's all yeah. they are. They're just miniature vegetables and herbs really. So the main main ones would be a lot of brassicas would be would be used. So broccoli, rad, okay. radishes, kohlrabi, red cabbage, kale. Then you'd have pea shoots. I, I've heard you speaking about pea shoots before. Yeah. So they'd be very popular. Um, you can do sunflowers, basil, coriander. There, there's an endless list of, of varieties you can do. The ones one you wouldn't do, you wouldn't do ones that are in the nightshade family. So like things like tomatoes, aubergine, peppers, Stuff like that, yeah. just just because he a lot of those he could potentially make you make you sick. <laughs> but uh, but there's a well, massive variety. It wouldn't be a good taste anyway. No, say. no, no. Yeah. Um. So so that's what they are really. Just and it takes about some of them can take seven days from you know the minute you from you, when you start to seed them to harvest them, it could take seven days, seven days yeah. up to maybe twenty one days, depending on the variety. Yeah, so different ones are going to mature, are going to sprout and and grow at different rates. So yeah, some of them you'll get out quick, and others you'll get out slow. Yeah, some of them, like like say radish, for example, you could plant them today, and this day next week you'd be harvesting them, and you'd have a lot of them. Then yeah. say some of the the herbs are a bit slower, so like say coriander would be slower to germinate, and then you know depending on depending on if you grow it to that coat leading leaf stage or its first set of true leaves, it could take three weeks to, to get it to that. So so it's kind of, each one is a little bit different. Yeah. And and the most popular, so like obviously the brassica families, I see them a lot that nearly anybody that's doing microgreens grows those, but it, it, what's the kind of the top two or three, the most popular? So, you know, someone that wants to start this for the first time, what should they, what should they go at? For for someone that's starting it for the very first time, I would recommend the pea shoots because they're simple. They're really really simple to grow, um, and there's not very much that can go wrong with them. Then okay. radishes are they're they're very easy to grow as well, and they're quick. So like you get that kind of instant gratification with them. So you'll have them you'll plant them now and you'll have them next week. So. I would recommend them or broccoli, broccoli then as well. Broccoli is very good, has very good health benefits and um, that would take about nine to ten days. So, you know, it's quick as well. It's they, quick they, as well, They'd yeah. all be fairly easy to grow. Some of, the more, some of the more difficult ones would be the herbs and then like their sunflowers. They're not difficult, but you can have problems because the, the shells stay on them and they're just a little bit more work. So probably... Probably not for someone who's doing it for the very first time. Yeah, I'd say uh, sunflower. I'd imagine as well. It's probably a bit sporadic, is it? That you get some on the tray that are that are germinated and others that are not. Is would that be the case? Yeah, that, that in that sense, it kind of depends on the seed you get there for that. So you can be very lucky with the seed you get. So if you get good seed, they'll all germinate for you. Um, at the same time at the same time yeah but then yeah, yeah. like sometimes you can get a batch of bad seed and the, the germination might be a little bit poor and you, you actually can get you can actually get a, you can get a mould the seeds of sunflowers so right. and it, it just depends on the batch of seeds that you get so yeah. so that's that's a kind of a tip there if you if you are doing it on a larger scale if you find that you've, you've got a good batch of seeds you can take down the, the lot number from it and then go back to the supplier and, and, and buy more that see while it's good to you know so so you're yeah. kind of avoiding the the poor the any kind of poor seed and 
Yeah, it gives you a bit of consistency. Yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned it there. Like I know, obviously, people grow it for different reasons, but mostly people grow it that they have a bit of green. Uh, you know, they're able to have salads pretty much all year round. Um, but but there is sort of fairly good health benefits with with microgreens as well. So I know you're not a, a health professional, so to speak. But uh, what are the health be- benefits that that you know of or that you've experienced from growing yourself? Yeah, so I suppose like with with any you know fruit and vegetables that you put into your diet, it's it's gonna help you have a, a healthier diet. We we know that they have you know lots of vitamins and and antioxidants and stuff in them. And with microgreens, yeah. then there's 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 quite a few studies done on them. And so there was there was one study done in 2012 in the University of Maryland, and they took 25 of the different microgreen varieties and they just measured the the vitamin levels in them against you know the mature versions of the same um, plant and all of them all of the microgreens had higher concentrations of vitamins in them and some of them were up to 40 times more potent in the vitamins so you're getting you're getting a lot like a a denser amount of nutrients in a in a small plant like so so like a handful of them could give you, you know, uh, a lot more, a lot more vitamins than say, you know, like a full head of broccoli, a handful of microgreens versus a full head of broccoli. Yes, yeah. And then there's some other things. Then there's some other studies on them as well. Like, like uh, there's a lot of studies being done on broccoli, and broccoli in general as a whole. Yeah. And on sulf, did you ever hear of sulforaphane, the compound? No. That has um, so it's that there's been. A lot of studies done on that that show that that has anti-inflammatory properties. And okay. Then there's a study then in 2019 that shows that uh, broccoli at the very early stages of growth that has it contains more of that compound. So, okay. so you know that would say that. Yeah. So obviously, anything anti-inflammatory in the body is is given health benefits or. I suppose disease prevention if you're if you're using it regularly. Yeah, um, yeah, because it, it is, inflammation it, is the cause of a lot of diseases. Yeah, yeah, I do, you don't want to say say it. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't want to yeah, make yeah. too many claims, but like a lot of a lot of people would claim it as like an anti cancer fighting property, or like an yeah. anti cancer fighting property. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, so they so they be the main benefits of it, and it's a good it's, you know, it's a very good way of of getting if you're not say if you're not big into vegetables, it's a very good way of getting those nutrients into you. Because one thing one thing I do personally that we do every morning here is we put a heap of them into a smoothie, you know, with a load of other things. Yeah. And yeah. you know, you wouldn't even know they were there. So if taste or anything was a problem for you of uh, vegetables and but you still wanted the, the benefits from it. They're, yeah, they're so very you're getting good for your that. five or your I think they recommend seven a day now, but you're getting your five or your seven a day without actually even knowing it, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it always strikes me as well that, like, for somebody who's gardening or apartment living, and they don't have access to, you know, actual ground where they can plant vegetables, it, it always sort of strikes me as an easy win for somebody in that scenario. I know anybody can anybody can grow them to get the benefits of it, but uh, for a gardener with a small space, or you know, someone living in a in a balcony without any space to to grow. I think uh, they're an obvious choice, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Because really, really, what do you need? You need like, you know, you can grow them on a tray that's ten inches, ten inches wide and twenty inches long, or you can get smaller trays. And that you know, you could, 
if you really wanted to, you could grow them to grow them in a jam jar or something like that. You know, just grow yeah. a few of them. So you don't really need any space for them. So and okay. it's, it's kind of like um, I suppose even for someone that isn't into growing their own vegetables, to kind of like a, a gateway into it then really because yes. because you do get a bit of a buzz from it because you see this thing happening instantly. But um, but yes, and I suppose it's inside. Well, typically it's inside in in the house as well. I know it doesn't always be. It can be in glass houses and polytunnels and whatever else. But it's uh, it's typically inside in the house for most people. So it's it's not just you, the grower or the gardener in the house that's seen it. It's the it's the whole family, that's and that probably helps yeah. and, and feeds a bit of excitement as well. That's it, yeah. You're like and you're kind of monitoring it every day. Like like you can grow them on your windowsill, so you don't need you don't need a whole lot of light. So you know if you put them, if you plant them, and once they sprout, you put them on. You know, a south-facing window in your house. Um, you're you're going to get enough sunlight from that then, and yeah, you can. It's it's something nice to watch there as they're growing, and uh, I think it's a good thing for for kids as well to to see how food is produced and how it started. So, and it's a, it's a good conversation starter on, on food production. Yeah, it's easier to get them to eat it as well. I think when it's grown when you're growing it there, yeah. um, you know, because they feel part of it. Now, they might necessarily like it when they bite into it, but <laughs> at, at least they feel part of the of this, of this the journey up along, whatever it is, you know. Yeah, no, I've um, heard that before. Someone that was on the podcast before, actually, like, I think their kids wouldn't eat vegetables at all. But then once, like, they started, they were the ones that were producing them, and it was their little thing that, um, you know, they had done it. Then they started eating them. So it's, it yeah, could be good that was, in that uh, yeah, that was Virginia uh, Zulu. She she said that all right. Yeah, that um, once they got into growing themselves, the kids automatically started um, tasting, and while they didn't always like everything, eventually they came around to eating everything yeah, over time. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, to get into the how-to bit of it, so how does somebody go about it? You know, compost. What compost yeah, trays, yeah, yeah. seeds? You know, what do, what do we need? Uh, what, what the equipment you need is basic, and I, I can list off some stuff that you can buy. But um, you can a lot of if you're really on a budget, you just some of this, and you were just doing it for yourself as a kind of a you know something a hobby type thing. You know you could pick you could do it with some materials you have at home once you once you get some seed. But like the the minimum equipment you kind of need, you so you would need a tray, and I always recommend people to use two trays. So one tray with holes, and then that sits inside a tray with no holes. That means then, right. so, you know, the tray with holes, then your, your your growing medium and your seeds are going to be in that. And then when they sprout, you're going to be able to pour water into the bottom tray. So that water is then taken up from the bottom and you're not actually wet. Through the roots. Yeah, you're not actually yeah. wetting the leaves then. And that, you know, that stops the leaves from, from any chance, getting any chance of damping off or any kind of prevents any mold. And then when you're, when you're cutting them and you, you bag them up, they're, they're drier and they last longer. Yeah. But so yeah, so, so two trays is, is, would be the starting point. And then compost. Um, we're kind of lucky here in Ireland. We've got a. Uh, I've heard you talking about this brand before on the podcast. It's, you know the Classman yeah. heat-free seed compost. That would be. Yeah. That would be. Uh, that would be the main thing I'd recommend because it's really bulletproof stuff. Like um, you can't. You can't really go wrong if you use that. For growing your microgreens, but um, yeah, it's a great it's a great compost. Actually, I have had it in my hands. I've never actually used it for growing, but I've had it in my hands and felt you know felt the, the product, and it's a lovely yeah. lovely product. 
Yeah, it's so fine, and it doesn't yeah. hold, it doesn't hold water like peat compost. Like you know, your average peat compost, it doesn't it doesn't stay saturated like in the tray. Yet. It just, it's it's a really good it's a really good compost. Yeah, it's it's um like in Ireland, and I've spoken with this before as well. We are unlucky in that in one sense because that's coming from Germany. Yeah, I believe. yeah, true, true. And like we don't have we don't have a decent um, growing media peat free option here no and no. i go to shows in germany and go to shows in england and actually they have loads of options and so that's why when you hear people arguing about the the peat versus peat free i i get the argument i understand the argument and and it makes perfect sense but we geez we saw we saw limited options here for 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 gardening at this point in time yeah yeah um, yeah yeah no and I, when i say we're lucky i mean i just i'm thinking about um there's some other people, like, you know, we speak to you know, people that are trying to do it in different countries and stuff like that, and they don't they don't have a way that, I know we don't have much of a choice, but they yeah. they wouldn't have uh, any, choice. any choice, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so, so yeah, we definitely were, we have a limited um, choice, but, uh, but that, yeah, least, that is a lovely product. Yeah. Yeah, lovely um, product. Yeah, so that's very good. The other thing, you, you could use just then coconut coir. So like that, yep. that's a popular growing medium. You know, like you can get the, the, the dehydrated uh, bricks and then hydrate them with water and stuff like that. But wouldn't I wouldn't be mad in it now because it it, it, uh, it kind of does hold a lot of water. And yep. then and then there, it's very there's nothing in it. Like there's absolutely no um, the, the microgreens don't really need nutrients. They don't need much. But there's nothing in that. Whereas this class man has has a small bit of uh, nutrients in it. Ah, the wood, yeah, it has yeah. to be, yeah, because of what it is, yeah. Um, so that, that's the tray and the compost. Yeah, and seeds so, then. Yeah, so, just in terms of the compost and the tray. So the tray is, is typically just, what would it be? Would it be an inch an inch deep? Yeah, so you can you could, you could do it in any tray, right? But um, I, I, I use inch deep trays because that means then, like, you can put a, a lesser amount of compost into the tray then. Yeah. Because, because um, so what you you want it you want it to be easy you want it to be easy to cut the microgreens when you grow, and you want to try and cut them at the bases. So if you can imagine a deep tray, say a two three inch deep tray, and you're trying to get a scissors down into that down yes. into the base of the plant, you're kind of yeah. angling it or you're angling a knife. So it's more difficult to uh, cut them. And your other option then is to build that two or three inch tray up with soil, and then you're just wasting a load more soil. So, yeah. so if you have a shallow tray, you can fill it up to, you know, the inch high with the soil, and then, you know, the base is kind of presented there to you at, yeah. at the the the, height, the, at the level of the level, tray. Like, yeah, yeah. So it makes it easier uh, to cut, and you're using less soil. So, yeah. So an in, an inch deep tray, a compost to the top, uh, and I presume then do you, do you wet the compost at, at that point, or do you sow do you sow your seeds and then wet the compost? So at that point, at, at that point, then. You would you would put your compost into the tray, the tray with with holes, and you'd break it up. So if you're using the classman stuff, you know it's fairly fine anyway, and even any thumbs will break up easily in your hands. So you just break that up yeah. easily, um, smooth it out, you know, spread it around the tray as, as best you can, and then what you want to do then is press it down with something. So like okay, so like a little trowel or something. Yeah. So like oh yeah, I have a. a, a a thing made with a piece of wood with a door handle on it, you know, that just it's kind yeah. of the size of the tray specifically made for it. But you could use like an old book or just something flat to kind of flatten the soil and compact it. You don't want to 
you don't need to press it down too hard, but you want a compact and flat for spreading your seeds on. Yeah. And then at that point, then you, you, you're going to take your seeds and whatever variety you've, you've chosen, you're, you're just really going to spread them out evenly. So you use a lot of it. If you use a lot of seed with microgreens, because yeah. if you know, if you see the trays and the trays are full, each one of them is a seedling. So, yeah. so the main thing to do then would be to, to spread them out, but spread them out evenly. Try and leave a small bit of space between each seed because, you know, if you get them too dense, there's going to be no air in between them. And there's that, like I just, I mentioned at the start there, there's, if you, there could be a chance of like them dampening off or, you know, staying too wet and the rot or, or mold coming in there because they're, they're too close together. So, so yeah. leave a little bit of space in between each seed and spread them out then. And so are you, are you shaking out from the packet or you probably have a machine for doing it, but say for someone doing it at home, are you shaking out from your hand or from the packet to get that even spread across the... I, I, I take them out of the packet and put them into like a jug, say, or, you know, some kind of container. Yeah. And then shake them out that way. But you could shake them straight out from the packet. But um, yeah, what, yeah. I, what I recommend people to do is like, see, it depends on what type of size tray you're using. It's like you can, you could measure the seed before you you spread it out, and and just just take a little note of how much how many grams you put into your tray, and and then spread it out then, and then you know that way then if it, if it was a success, you know you know your you know the grams you used for this time, but maybe if it just turned out that it was too dense, you know maybe yeah just pull back a little pull bit. back a, a little bit for the next time. So your records there will kind of guide you on, on making good decisions in the future like yeah and so for for someone then growing oh so sorry after that then you have your seed sowed on the top um you just water at this stage or do you give it another little compact yeah you give it another little compact and okay and then depending on the variety some of the varieties i i, I bury them like very light very lightly but the majority the vast majority of them i just press them into the soil and and that's it. They're they're kind of seeds are just on top and they sprout that way. But um okay. but let's say for 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 radishes, say that would be it then. You would you would press them into the soil and then you would water them. Okay. And that, and then after that then you would because then they're not you know, like if you're planting a radish seed to, to grow an actual a radish from it, you would bury bury it with maybe a couple of a centimeter or two of uh, of yeah. soil. And that would, you know, that would stop the. So what happens when the when the seed sprouts? You know, it, it produces a root and it produces its shoot. And yeah. what happens is, if it's on top of the surface and it's just left like that, the root will actually just push the seed up out of the soil, and it'll have no. Um, there'll, there'll be no, no, yeah, there's no stability there. Like, and you know, the shoot yeah. will just fall over. So what yeah, you, yeah. what you want to do is. You want to put another tray on top of the seeds, so it's okay. a tray with no holes. You want to put that on top of the seeds and weigh that down with something like something that weighs about somewhere between two to four kilograms, uh, yeah. and that's sitting on top of the seeds. Then that keeps them in place. So when those roots sprout from the seeds, the roots, you know, to promote to grow down into the soil. Yeah, and 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 the shoot. And you remove that then after a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. you'd make so you'll see them. They're actually really powerful little plants. So you'll see the the microgreens pushing the 
that tray up uh, okay. away from the away from the soil. So you'll see the the yellow shoots of the be yellow because you haven't got any light yet. They'll start sprouting and pushing that tray up, uh, okay. and at that point, then you're you're kind of ready to to take the tray off. Yeah, and and then again, depending on variety, you're looking at from from that point, you're looking at maybe four days, five days to harvest, or up to up to uh, a couple of weeks, depending on what variety you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So say, so the radishes, say, so generally that'll all happen within four days. So you plant them, you'll then, you'll put the weight, the tray with the weight on top of them. You'll just, you'll just, um, you'll just wait then. You'll wait till you see that getting pushed up. And once the, the, you can see the yellow shoots pushing it up, you'll take that off. That's generally on, say, day four. And... For the next three days, then you can just you could put them on like you know. Lots of people do this. You use grow lights, but like if you're just doing it for your first time, and and if you're yeah, if you're just doing it for your first time and you, you don't have grow lights, you just put them on your windowsill, and yeah, you know the natural yeah. sunlight will turn them green for you, and or whatever color the variety is, and you know they, they'll turn out good from there. Yeah, and so. You know, we talk about succession and so on out out in the garden. So yeah. when it comes to microgreens, I guess you have to sort of, um, you know, f- for example, if it was radishes we were talking about, if 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 it's a seven day, um, harvest interval, so you can harvest that at seven days. And how long would it take, or how many days harvesting could you get out of that? So say someone does a decent sized tray, um, how many days harvesting could you get out of that before you you need your next tray ready? Yeah, no. So what you would do then is you would you would harvest everything on the same day because once okay. they, would the if they're if they're left growing too long, especially the radishes, the cold leading leaves they start to turn yellow uh, okay. because you're not really adding any nutrients, and the the cold leading leaves will kind of start to turn yellow, and you know more power will be put into producing other leaves of the plants and and that. So to to get the most the most I think health benefits out of them and the best, the best product. You want, you kind of want to harvest the whole thing after its growing cycle is finished. And yeah. for example, the radish would be finished after seven days. So okay. for your successional sowing, and uh, yeah, it's interesting. I heard, I heard uh, one of your episodes there a, a couple ago, and you were talking about what you were sowing, and I think your your, your gap was every three weeks for onions yeah. and the other bits that you were sowing. For for microgreens, though, depending on the varieties that you're sowing, you're you're going to be successionally sowing something every week. It, it, it depending on depending on what you want. If you want them, if you want them to eat every week, this is what you can do. Or if you're, you know, if you want to do it as a business, this is what you'd have to do as well. You kind of have to develop um, a system. A sowing day nearly. Yeah, yeah. And there won't it won't be just one sowing day because you know. So say like. Uh, for me, for example, on a Wednesday, I'll sow um, a lot of the radishes and some other things, like some of the, the coriander, amaranth, some things that take two, three weeks. They'll all go on one day. And then on a, on a, a Saturday, I'll do pea shoots, sunflowers. And on a Monday, you do broccoli and things that take 10 right, days. Yeah. But then they'll all they'll all be ready on the same day. You know, yes. because if, when I'm selling them to restaurants and stuff like that, you do it all in one day. So they all, yeah. they all kind of come in together. So, so a little system in place of like just a plan, 
of what to do on each on each day really helps. Yeah. What what's the what's the shelf life of them? So say say for example somebody is grown you know maybe one type like like just use radishes as, as the example again and yeah. they harvest them all on the same day to avoid the the cotyledon leaves going yellow. Yeah. Um, and they they use whatever they use, but will they last for a couple of days in the fridge? Oh, geez, yeah, they would. Um, they, in the fridge, they'll because you're harvesting them on the day, and then you're you know you're putting them in the fridge right then and there, and there's no you know they're not getting transported anywhere, you know they're not going from from like a truck to a, a shop yeah, shelf yeah. or anything. You know, put them in the fridge from there. They're, they'll last definitely last seven minimum, but probably ten days. You get out oh, of them. Oh. Some, some of them, like pea shoots, pea shoots, I think, would last six to eight weeks. Like, you know, they, they don't ever seem to, to go bad. Some flowers last a very long time. Um, broccoli, some of, the, some of the more delicate ones, like broccoli and the radishes, they're, they're probably like seven to ten days. Yeah, but even that's good, like, yeah. if, you, if you can harvest, because that, that then gives you, you know, that means that you don't have to sow literally every, every two, couple of days. You know, you could, you could, Get to you know if you're only doing one or two types, you could get to to one sowing a week. Oh, you could for yeah, you know for yeah. for home use. Yeah, yeah. If I was just doing this for home use, that's all I would do. I do it once a week. Like even you know, like I would. I now now I space things out. So I put I do say like I mentioned there, I do the radishes on one day, broccoli on another day. If I was just doing it for myself, I just do I do the two of them on the one day, and like you just the uh, one of them wouldn't be at its optimum, but it'd be fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Um, I would I would minimise down the the time that I would put into it that way. Very good. Um, so we've we've kind of covered off the how how to part of it, and and I mentioned earlier on about you know, and, and I think you mentioned it as well about grow lights. Are are they an important part of it in terms of? Well, I, I know they'd be essential maybe in a in somebody in a in a you know, small apartment or whatever. They would have to have a grow light, I think, to grow them, wouldn't they? You probably probably be better off at one, essentially. In, especially de- depending on how much you want to grow, how much space you have, um, you're you're definitely going to get, especially in the winter here, where like you know yourself, the days are so are so uh, right now. Thankfully, it's picking up right now, but you know in winter when the days are so short and you know you might not get any sun in a day for for a few days straight, so you're you're, you're probably not getting as much sunlight. And there's actually there's another study there that that was was on microgreens as well. And it was on how sun affects affects the the microgreens affects their health benefits. And right. ones that were exposed to more sunlight, they they had more chlorophyll. And you know if they had more chlorophyll, chlorophyll contains um, vitamins and antioxidants. So ones that were exposed to more sunlight yeah. were, you know, were in that study were better for your health. So. Yeah, makes so, sense. So yeah, so it, to to have them all year round in a small space where you don't have much light, I would recommend a, a grow light. Yeah, and they're 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 easy. They're easily got. They're the you don't use you don't use too much energy. So like there's you have a few options. You've got LEDs. You've got fluorescent. I I kind of use a mixture of both. Um, things to look out for, I suppose. You if you were buying a grow light, you want to just get one that is. 6500k so 6500 kelvin and that'll be a full spectrum light and it'll you know it'll give you the same light that sunlight would and okay. yeah and you you wouldn't need you wouldn't need for someone doing it say an apartment a small bit one light would do 
you know. So you just need us to kind of cover over your enough for it to cover your tray so you could hang it over something. Or there's even nowadays there's even like there's these little platforms, you know, with the light that comes up over the top and you put the tray yeah. underneath. So there's, there's loads of different options you yeah, have. They're now. all combined yeah. units. Yeah, I've seen I've seen some of them and you can actually you can actually rig them to your kitchen yeah. sink as well so that the 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 water fills in as it's as it's required and the light is automatically above it so literally it's a sew it sew it and leave yeah. it type yeah, job yeah yeah yeah, yeah but if, if you were doing it for, for more as a business you can there there is you want to get lights then that are a meter long and you want to kind of get shelving yes. and you 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 have all your trays on shelves and and lights above the shelves and and even if mm-hmm. even if you wanted to do a good bit for yourself, you know, if you're really getting into it and you you know you bought into the the health benefits and the 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 goodness of them, and you wanted to do a, a decent bit for yourself, something some some kind of a small setup like that would be would be best, you know, it, 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 let's yeah. say a meter long shelf with a with a light over it. Yeah, get you get you out of trouble as well. That you want to have trays sitting on the kitchen window everywhere. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there anything else then that we've kind of left out? So we've we've covered all the you know the, the types, the varieties, the health benefits, how to grow it. Um, and we spoke a bit about the lights for someone that's trying to do it all year round or in a in a indoor setting. Uh, anything else that we've missed? Um, no, I th- I think maybe I think I think maybe try try a few different ones. So. Like I know we've been talking about radish, focusing in on radish a lot, and I think I just picked that one because um, it's an easy one to grow, and it was just yeah. easy to pick one to to give all the examples for. But I, a lot good. Some people won't like radish because it, it actually tastes like a radish. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, actually, that's what I was going to ask yeah. you. Is the, is the the immature plant the same sort of? Is it true to taste of the mature plant? Lots of them are. So all of the herbs, yeah. all of the herbs would be. For sure, and yeah. a way more intense flavor. So, like the coriander, they're unbelievable. The, the flavor of them, they're they're so um, flavorful. Like, and right. the basil as well. There's just a brilliant flavor of them. Then, so the, the radishes. Then there, there's a real spice to them, and they, they do taste like radishes. Um, but then that that mightn't be for everybody. So, so so maybe just if if you did try something and you didn't like it, try another one. The um yes. the brassica ones. So. Broccoli, broccoli, say for example, kohlrabi, um, kale. They they all taste very similar, and the, I wouldn't say they taste true to type, but there's a nice sweet flavour of them, and they're not bad. Um, then the, mo- the my favourite best tasting ones would be um, the, the the some of the herb ones and leeks, say. So there's an unbelievable flavour of them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I've never actually seen leeks as a as a microgreen before. Now, I've yeah, they're actually quite popular. Actually, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you you grow them and you grow. You have the you know the black seed is is on top of them and you eat the whole thing. Oh yeah, there's an unbelievable flavour of them. Um, there's just like you know it's like you know it's an oniony type flavour that's yeah, very lovely, very yeah. very strong. So um, they're 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 be maybe my favourite now myself. I put them on everything. Um, yeah, brilliant and. Then the red cabbage, they're lovely, sweet tasting one, and yeah, I think I think you might just have to play around and see which ones you like. See what suits yeah. your own taste or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then I would one thing, one other thing I would say is that um, I wouldn't be afraid of them. A lot you find that a lot of people are kind of a, um, 
afraid of things going wrong when they're growing them. Because yeah, yeah but um, no, like you can't you can't really go wrong. I and mean, even if you do make a mistake, so you learn for the next time. You know. Yeah, that's it. Like, and you're right. You're right. I don't, and I don't know why that is. I think a lot of people see them as being tricky. Yeah. And and maybe difficult to to grow and a bit tender and all the rest of it. But yeah, no, there there is there I, isn't there isn't a whole lot to them to be honest. Once you, and especially once you get the hang of it. Um, and and it's something interesting to learn how to do. And it, you know, it's not it's not a steep learning curve. So yeah. so I would give it a go. Yeah, brilliant. And so, if anyone like you've given great outline there as to as to how somebody can definitely get started at it and give it a go and and try it out. Um, and for more information, you have it there on the the Microgreen Entrepreneur Podcast. Uh, tell us about. I know you you sell some of the products as well. So tell us about where people can find you there. Yeah, so I I, I like I have my Microgreens business. It's out and it, I'm in Limerick. So if you're in the Limerick area and you wanted to just you aren't interested in growing yourself and you want to, to buy some, it's uh, yeah. Adair Microgreens, so A-D-A-R-E microgreens.ie. Then I the, the, the one-inch trays, actually, I, I started I started selling them because um, when I got started, they weren't available here. And you couldn't get them anywhere in Europe. So I, yeah. I just brought them in and started, then I you know, started selling them myself. And if anyone was interested in those ones, they're sold on seedsireland.ie. Um, but for for all of the other equipment, I would like the Classman compost, um, the seeds. I Fruit Hill Farm is a very good source for yeah. that. Um, Farm dot com. And what I did for the podcast, then if you if you just go into your podcast player, type in the Microgreens Entrepreneur Podcast, you'll find that you'll find that there. And yeah, there there really is a lot of good information there. If um, if someone was interested in getting into it, yeah, brilliant. And I think it's I think it's something that I know a lot of people have asked about it previously. And to be honest, as I say, I haven't grown them myself before, so um, yeah, I wasn't wasn't feeling comfortable covering it myself because I preferred to have done something um, if I was going to cover it on the podcast. So yeah, you've given you've given super information there, Brian. And uh, if people want more information, check out the podcast. Uh, I think you know, 77 episodes on, on microgreens. I think you'll definitely get enough in that. So, uh, Brian, it's been a great pleasure and the information was fantastic, uh, as I knew it would be. So thank you very, very much for coming on Master My Garden Podcast. Thanks a million, John. Thanks. Really appreciate you having me on. Thanks very much. So that's been this week's episode. Yeah, huge thanks to Brian for coming on. Really enjoyed that. Uh, microgreens is something I've been tying with for a while. Haven't done it, but... Uh, I don't know why I haven't done it previously because it, it does sound really simple and it's something that I'll definitely give a go um, over the next few months and, and see how I get on with it. It's something that we would definitely use here as well, uh, which is something that I always say. There's no point in growing something if you wouldn't use it, but we would definitely use microgreens um, ourselves here. So I think it's it's an obvious choice to, to go grow some of them now and I'll let you know how I get on with that. Um, if there's anything we want covered in the coming weeks, um, as I said, there's a nice bit uh, over the last week or two on Grow Your Own and a few bits more coming up on Grow Your Own as we get into that season so if there's anything you want covered just let me know and I'd be happy to cover it you can drop me an email it's info at mastermygarden.com or send me a message through the website www.mastermygarden.com so that's been this week's episode thanks for listening and until the next time happy gardening <laughs>